0: the Paper Cuts podcast has bad language and spoilers, so cover your f***ing ears.
1: You are now listening to the Paper Cuts comic podcast with Dean DeFalco, Dan Ryan, Evan Goldstein, and Matt Munch. For the comic podcast with the most personality this side of the galaxy, it'll always be Paper Cuts. Over to you, Dan.
2: Thanks, announcer guy, and thank you for checking out the Paper Cuts podcast, issue 109. I am your host, Dan Ryan. Joining me this week is Mr. Matthew Much. Complete with potato salad. Complete with potatoes. See, that's what we like about you. You don't fucking forget the potato salad. Not typically. No. Well, that's good. (laughs) It is your turn. It's your turn. And also joining us this week, Mr. Dean DeFalco. Uh,
3: Magic medium rare. (laughs)
2: Uh inside jokes that will soon be revealed to all. Mm-hmm. So uh I missed last week, uh, because I was dead to the world and was very sick, and then I went to see my doctor, and my doctor was Doctor Strange. So I eventually saw that. Gentleman, did we uh did you guys see Doctor Strange? Nah. I yet. did. No, you saw you it? You saw it, Matt? Yeah. What did you think? Scale I of, thought it was good. Scale of one to ten. Scale of one to ten. to 8. I think I would agree with that entirely. It was, and I don't want to spoil anything for Dean um, because there's a lot of really cool shit in it. It, Upon walking out of the theater, it is the first Marvel movie that I have walked out of the theater and gone, hmm, that might not have been as good as I thought it was going to be. And then Hmm. as I considered it, it got better. I was expecting something different than what they gave us. That's okay. That's all right. It is. That's fine. Because they
0: gave us a good movie. Very much.
2: I and I don't (laughs) I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting something I didn't expect him to have so many jokes. There was a couple there's a couple directing choices and maybe we'll talk about it next week, Dean, if you happen to see it by then. Sure. Um uh, there's a couple directing choices that i felt a better director would have done differently um but we'll stop with all the vague shit and we'll we'll talk about it next I time
3: i kind of was hoping that when i see it it's like the uh the director chose to make benedict cumberbatch act like the doctor strange character from venture bros
2: <clears throat> i would have been very happy with that Uh, don't go into it with that expectation or you will be disappointed. (laughs) Just, just putting that out there. Okay, fair enough. Uh, (laughs) So, so, uh, there was a, it was an interesting, uh, an interesting mix of books this week. And we are going to start with the Boom Studios one-shot prelude to the ongoing series dropping like hot fire in fucking January. WWE number one. Then, now, forever, so it was a quasi one shot
3: it's it's, yeah. it's essentially like a zero issue, I think yeah well, they did just so. didn't call yeah. it a zero it, issue,
2: yeah, i mean it it functioned very similarly to what uh d c is doing with their their bi quarter uh their bi quarterly relaunch um with the d c rebirth number one, and then like a week or two later. The regular issue number one coming out. Sort of like that. And uh, this book (laughs) tells the now two-year-old story of Seth Rollins turning on the shield. And some of you instantly understood what that means. And for the rest of you, uh, no fucking information. Whatever, you fucking casuals.
3: Right? Right. Fucking watch I am wrestling. A casual. Yeah, no, God. watch, watch, watch wrestling. Like, what are you doing?
0: I've seen one event.
3: Listen, turn, turn the podcast off. Go watch some wrestling. Go, go order the WWE Network. That's a plug. WWE should go sponsor us now. Right,
2: and, nine ninety uh, nine. It's fucking way it, affordable. It's, it's
3: dope, it, and it's like a vault of history. And you should just do it. And now Vince McMahon will hear this and pay us money to say this every episode because mm-hmm. he is a ever-loving whore for for plugging things. Well, that no, I, might have
0: undone, undone your promotional. Look, deal. Evan, cut yeah.
3: that out. <laughs> Vince <laughs> McMahon, big fan of the show, big reader <laughs> of comics, ten out of
2: ten, big comic book reader, loves, uh, loves us. There's He's a really sev- uh,
3: one one caveat I had with this book: severe lack of the Vince McMahon power
2: walk. There, there was absolutely no Vince strut whatsoever. Upset me greatly. Book. Um, for it's, for it's a still medium, Dean.
3: Uh, dude, you uh, could have sent me. You you've never seen it. You you would understand it. You could make a still of that. That's not hard.
0: No, you oh, really. Oh, they could.
2: could do flip book in the page corners.
3: I love it. So oh my good. god, that'd be so, so ridiculous. Good.
2: So, uh, quick recap for those of you who don't know. Um, in wrestling, one of the grand traditions of wrestling is to have a stable of wrestlers band together and take on um, either the good guys, the faces, or the bad guys, the heels. Uh, the stables, some of the more famous ones over the last couple of years, the NWO, uh, Degeneration generation X, uh, Bullet Club, just the Four Horsemen probably being the, the most famous stable of all time. Uh, a couple of years ago, WWE was looking to bring up uh, some new wrestlers, and they put them together... They were Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins. They debuted as the S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, three guys in all-black, like, uh, combat outfits. Like a SWAT team, almost. Yeah, like a SWAT team. And uh, they just came in, and they came in as heels, they came in as bad guys, and they started fucking shit up. There was a while where they were working with CM Punk, kind of behind the scenes as, like, paid mercenaries so that he would keep his title. And uh, eventually, the three of them were so good... That what usually happens in wrestling happened to them as well. They came in his heels. They were so good and so cool that people eventually started cheering for them. And they had to break the team up so that the three of them could go on to be their own individual superstars. That was accomplished by, uh, without, I think without question, the most talented wrestler of the three of them, Seth Rollins. Oh, that's without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. It, like uh, that's not even close. Um, stabbing his brothers in the back by way of a steel chair and joining Triple H's evil fucking corporation. The, the authority. authority. The Is authority. That literally?
3: Yeah, it's it's yeah. That Dan did a very good job of painting you a picture of wrestling for like three years.
2: Yeah, it was it was a long, slow burn storyline that paid off and when seth rollins turned on people you can fucking hear like if you watch the episode of monday night raw where the three members of the shield are standing in the ring and seth rollins hits roman reigns with a steel chair in the back you can hear the crowd audibly gasp there is a very loud no that is screamed out by somebody in the audience (laughs) no it's that's pretty good awesome (laughs) It's the sort of thing that makes wrestling really fun is when you you have to suspend your disbelief to get into it. Like you you can't my kids watch it with me. And what's cute about it is that they think the people that are winning and losing are really winning and losing. They don't understand. Yeah. They don't know that it's fake. Like they don't. They don't understand the concept that you could not go out night after night and actually beat the shit out of people. You can't? And get your ass beat and then come back and do it again. I um, I try. Yeah, well,
0: yeah. I mean. Yes, Dean, it, you're a badass. You
2: are a badass. There's a pile That's of true. broken
3: bodies laying outside the house from stone-cold <laughs> stunners I've delivered.
2: Dean's just walking around fucking glorious bombing people. Oh, awesome. yeah, all the time. <laughs>
3: Oh, God damn it. I have a little boombox that I just set up, (laughs) and I'm staring at them with my arms out, and they're just like, are you okay? And then I just literally do a glorious bomb on them.
2: It's great. Hit them with a tiebreaker and drop a fucking Microsoft Word printed 10 on them and just Oh, God, yes. Walk away. Jesus
3: Christ, that would make every... Dan, you were giving me way too many... Oh, (laughs) life is great right now.
2: Ty Dillinger, biggest fan of the show. Biggest fan of the show. We might be his biggest fan. I don't know. Anyway, I'm his biggest fan. I digress. So uh so this book uh looks to chronicle and give you an an overview of what I just surmised for you, but also with some backstage shenanigans of the shield hanging out, being regular dudes, and apparently that involves Dean Ambrose cooking steaks on the top of a semi truck and Seth Rollins forgetting to get potato salad and that being the worst fucking thing ever in the history of the world.
3: Dan, do I have to explain this? Dean Ambrose is the lunatic fringe and he (laughs) asked for you to get potato salad. It was a simple job, one Simple job that Seth Rollins couldn't do. It's a big fucking deal, and now Dean had to go do it himself.
2: It's, it's a good point. You're not wrong. It's it's not that hard to get potato salad. No,
3: it's not. Creamy, delicious <laughs> potato salad that Dean Ambrose would lay his steak on top of.
2: A cold cushion, because, one would because say. These, these perfect steaks need a pillow. Magic, medium, um, rare. magic medium rare steaks (laughs) anyway a lot of this book is about dean ambrose fucking cooking these steaks uh, and like a surprising amount of the
0: book is about (laughs) that like a
2: a staggering amount of panels are dedicated to this fucking seemingly innocuous fucking interaction the book is
3: fucking nonsense but i laughed and
2: giggled through (laughs) the
3: entire thing because it was just stupid
2: yeah like before we talk about the rest of it like This book was terrible. It's, like, as a comic book, shit. The writing, and Dennis Hopeless is a good writer. The writing was awful. Like, I mean, it's the best Roman Reigns has ever sounded because this is a fucking, this is a damn near, like, a six-foot-five Samoan fucking badass. This dude, if you saw him in the street, would fucking make you shit your pants. He's the guy. This guy is a big, scary fucking dude who said suffering succotash in one of his promos. So he's not so good with the talking. It just doesn't work. He sounds like a fucking idiot when he speaks. He's this been book, doing better, okay?
3: He- he's been doing better. But yes, this book is the best he's ever been written. He <laughs> was
2: quippy. This is also the guy that we're supposed to cheer. Roman Reigns is the face right now. We're supposed to cheer this guy, and he just got done a feud with Rusev. And the way they started the feud was the good guy, Roman Reigns, interrupted the bad guy, Rusev, getting married and them celebrating like he is married to his manager named Lana and uh, they got they got married in real life. The, the, the people who play these characters look very got nice. married. In, yeah, they got married in real life and uh, they did a celebration on the show and the good guy came in and took the bride and dumped her in the wedding cake. And that's what we're supposed to cheer. All right. To
3: be fair, he didn't dump her. She dumped herself. He was just sort of in the way a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 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 the good guy. Too good to be too cool to be good. He's good and bad. It's just they give him a microphone and then he has trouble talking. He gets a little tongue-tied again. Doing better, (laughs) but yeah, no, this this book. Is just it it takes the first page and then it does the memento thing and we go back a little bit and then we go forward from there and then the Wyatts show up and yeah for
2: some reason Bray Wyatt just says some weird shit
3: yeah like the dudes they're feuding (laughs) with around that time and they have a monster truck and shit and I mean it's cool and all I guess and to be fair like it it's all right. It's written as well as the WWE wanted it to be written, I think. I think they wanted yeah. it to be written this bad because it's cartoony and cockamamie and like makes zero sense. But for some reason, I still liked it. I, I don't know what it was. I just, I fucking liked it. It was just, it had that little bit of wrestling magic that I wanted. And it made yeah. everything okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the art was good. Like, Last time I was on, uh, we talked about that Serenity book, and the Serenity book was, was really bad, and the artwork looked so not like the characters that it was, like, off-putting. This looked like a cartoon-stylized version of these characters, and they looked really good to their real-life counterparts, um, especially when Triple H uh, shows up Oh, at he the looked end just like him, yeah. after the big monster truck fight at the yacht club in georgia because that's a thing that happens in this book (laughs) there's a big fight and seth rollins get hit gets hit with a truck literally gets hit with a truck and then fucking makes a terrible pun it's oh god it's so stupid it's so dumb now please no dumber than wrestling come with me onto
3: my embarrassing yacht
2: yeah and then uh triple h shows up and the seeds have been sown for the fucking big heel turn that's coming. And uh and that's kind of where the book ends with Dean or with uh with Seth Rollins hitting Roman in the back with a chair. Like it was it was so <laughs> it was so scripted Shakespearean bullshit of like I'm stabbing my brother in the back. And then Dean Ambrose turned around and like gave Seth a look and Seth Whooped his ass with a chair for a little bit, and uh all three of these guys in case you're uh in case you were concerned or nervous about what would happen to them, all three of them have been world heavyweight champion at one point or another uh Seth Rollins was having an amazing run, having beaten both Brock Lesnar and fucking Roman reigns at WrestleMania to become champion, and then he blew his knee out, which fucking sucked real bad and but... now it's been a slow climb back to the top, yep. And now he's a good guy because.
3: Well, because he does Kevin Owens is a douchebag. Like there, there's no <laughs> way you can out douche Kevin
2: Owens. Because Kevin Owens is the fucking
3: best. Oh, he is. He's the best at being oh, the he's worst.
2: so good. He's
3: fucking. He's such an asshole.
2: Oh, he just talks shit in the ring the whole time. It's hysterical. And then
3: you got got little little fucking cheerleader Chris Jericho there, <laughs> just being like, "My best friend is my best friend. You're my an my asshole because you don't like him."
2: You just made the list. <laughs> it's-
3: You better watch
2: it. (laughs) Jericho's so good. Happy 46th birthday to Chris Jericho, by the way. Turned 46 yesterday. Still looking good. You'd never know by looking at the guy. Looks like he's in his 30s. Yeah. Happy birthday.
0: Big fan of the show.
2: Big fan of the show. Um, So after the main issue uh, is done, there's then a a ridiculous New Day thing. Um, The New Day is one of the most amazing things you'll ever see. It's three black dudes that come to the ring uh, dressed in uh bright pink, bright blue, white and uh with unicorn horns. One of them plays a tram a trombone named uh, Francesca. Um there's a lot of ridiculous references and shit that they do. Uh this was just a little cartoony fun little thing at the end. Um and then there was some some one Well, then there was the then now forever thing that was uh painted of a little a little saucer banks oh, watching was, was Eddie cool. Guerrero. And then growing up to be Sasha Banks and a little girl watching Sasha Banks and, you know, just kind of showing how the generation of of wrestlers were fans at one time, um, which was really cool. That looked really great. The uh, the stylized artwork of the characters, especially the way this guy painted Eddie was uh, awesome. Eddie Guerrero, very sad. He died way too soon. But you do a lot of steroids and drugs and your heart's going to explode. That's just kind of what happens. Um, and then after that, there was uh, a little tugboat thing that was drawn like Popeye. Uh, oh, with earthquake, an earthquake.
3: and tug- Oh, Jesus, that was
2: the best <laughs> tugboat. Who then, after he stopped being tugboat, went on to form a tag team with earthquake, the guy he's wrestling here as Typhoon. They were called the Natural Disasters. It was awesome. Fred Ottman, the guy who played tugboat and Typhoon, also the Shockmaster, and the worst like WCW debut ever. Motherfucker came out. In a glittery Stormtrooper helmet. Legit, they took a Stormtrooper helmet, dipped it in some glue, and then threw a shit ton of glitter at it. And uh, when he made his big debut, busting through a wall, uh, tripped on live television. And fell fucking Stormtrooper helmet first to the ground. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. Evan, it's, title uh, of
3: the show, falling storm First, Stormtrooper <laughs> helmet first into the ground. Yeah,
2: so fucking great. Fred Ottman, awesome. Uh, John Tenta, the guy who played Earthquake, though, dead, uh, unfortunately. And then, uh, then we got a couple one-shot comics of Stone Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, when he became Stone Cold Steve Austin, talking shit to Jake Roberts, who had just come back at the Royal Rumble and uh, was a religious guy. And then the the rise of the Rock from Rocky Johnson to the Nation of Domination to Do You Smell What the Rock Is Cooking. And then some Triple H bullshit and some John Cena hustle loyalty respect. Another New Day thing. Some Undertaker. Some Sasha. There's a bunch of stuff in the back here. Those it's all about cool. The
3: Undertaker, man.
2: Um, closing out with Dusty Rhodes, The American Dream. Son of a plumber. Hard times. One of the best promos ever. Um, obviously, Dean and I are going to say pick this book up. Even though I thought it was fucking stupid, I still think you should pick this, uh, this book up. Matt. Even I what would did you say think? pick
0: this book up.
2: Really? Yeah.
0: It was very entertaining. Just from the little bit I know about wrestling, I thought it was funny because it's simultaneously more serious Mm. and more goofy than wrestling at the exact same time.
2: That is a fabulous way to describe this book. Because you're right. It is more goofy than wrestling, which is saying something because wrestling inherently is pretty fucking goofy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But also but more serious. Also more serious because it's taking itself seriously. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It, has it was good. A it was funny. It just does whatever the fuck it wants.
0: I think the the goofiness uh, gives it broader appeal than, like, I don't know what you would even call it. A straight wrestling comic? <laughs> what? Like, I don't know. Something like that.
2: Yeah, well, there's that, that book, Ringside, that... Is sort of in a tertiary way about wrestling, um, but yeah. The, I mean, this well, is that,
3: that's more serious. This is more just yeah. like let's have fun. Let's just let's make our characters so stupid and ridiculous. Like, all right, listen, Dean Ambrose is a lot of things, but I don't think he'd ever freak out about potato salad on live TV. <laughs> Granted, if he did, my life would be complete. Then if he stole a car to get said potato salad and it was all filmed well then i think we got a fucking emmy going on there
2: (laughs) some yeah i mean what what my big question is for this book because wwe has ventured into comic books before they have ventured into other mediums before who could forget the seminal 80s cartoon show hulk hogan's rock and wrestling i can um wwe is trying to forget it because hulk hogan like had a sex tape and said the n-word a bunch but whatever um excusing that did um, he say it
0: during the sex
2: tape what's that did he say it during the sex tape yeah yeah well before like he wasn't before the
3: sex of like three seconds (laughs) it was or something something like that with his
2: micropenis i didn't watch it i didn't and i've I didn't I've watched watch it.
3: That like, just, that's weird. I don't want to see a guy like that I was all about in the early 90s having right sex.
2: No. Yeah. That's not about that. I mean, I've seen the rest of them like Vivid has gotten my money over and over again for these like I'm not I'm not too proud to admit it. Um I'm also not proud of admitting it, but um this is one that I fucking didn't even search for. But um So they've they've done stuff like the Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. They've done comic books before. There was an Undertaker comic that actually lasted way longer um, than you would think an Undertaker comic should. But they took the character and wrote stories around the character, and it had nothing to do with wrestling. Um, Would you say
0: it's quite an undertaking?
2: It was quite literally. Listen, no Undertaker jokes.
3: He's a very serious man. The dead man should not be trifled with.
2: He is. I do miss Biscuit Taker, but that was. uh the fuck a is Biscuit Taker? When when Undertaker? would you just call me? When he was the the biker gimmick and he came out to limp biscuits rolling.
3: He did that once. I mean, I wish he it was did more that than a once lot. back then.
2: He Dude. did. He did that. Sounds like years. it was enough. It was way too much, boom, and then he boom, came boom, out boom, to boom, Kid boom, Rock's boom. American Badass. Dude, I when he Ugh. did
3: that gimmick for well i Ugh. liked it for a little bit and then i got bored and i wanted the old under- i think that was everyone's opinion though it was cool for a little while and then everyone was like nah, where's the old guy
2: <laughs> i like how this comic how reading this issue has turned into a test run of a wrestling podcast <laughs> very good i like it um coming soon so <laughs> coming soon but they have they have done this before um wcw had a comic for a little while it's one of the few comics that i've kept years and years and years i have issue number four of wcw the comic book and like sting fights ron simmons in it um it's, it's when the weird. series really came Wait, into own so Farouk. yeah yeah for, be, way before he was Farouk <laughs> when sure. he was okay. uh when he was uh all no it was all natural butchery i forget anyway doesn't matter um, if anything
0: it's a value yeah. 46 46 pages for four dollars
2: yeah i mean it was there was a lot of content here Really, my big question is with it is if this book is aimed at wrestling fans, I already know what happened in this story. This story has already been told, and it was told in the ring. To
3: be fair, I I, I think this was a test run. I know where you're going with this is, like, why are they going to keep telling the same things over and over again? Right, why are you
2: telling me a two-year-old story?
3: Right, because we've all seen it before, and the extra stuff, while funny, wasn't exactly worth the price of admission. So Mm -hmm. I think this was more or less a test run just to kind of do something to, like, get people like, oh, this was kind of neat, like, this was funny. But I I think it will go its own way after that. Or I, at least I
2: hope so. We're going to read it. Uh, well, I mean, I'm going talking... to <laughs> read it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it again. That was fun. Because why not? So, anyway, WWE, then, now, forever, bye, bye, bye. You have to. Do it for the children. And um, sync? Yeah, well, I mean, if you want to take it there, you can, I suppose. You don't have You to. said it. Bye, I did. Bye. Oh, shit. Anyway. See, now let's, he's uh, doing it let let's uh let's stick with boom studios and uh jump over to the book that i did not fucking understand bah. at all this bah. book tried really hard boy did it ever
0: this book tried so hard i think it tried too hard that it almost entirely
2: missed its mark almost entirely like this oh, book wait. gets which book a for effort uh i'm i want to jump over to namesake yeah.
0: I was just saying, okay, oh, for yeah. our listeners,
2: what book are we talking about? Oh, sorry, about? yeah. Namesake number one. Um another of issue four, from Limited Series. Yeah, limited series from Boom Studios. Uh written by Steve Orlando, art by Jacob uh Rebel R- R- Rebelka. Um man, so whew, uh, this is a book about a future firefighter that bites magical fires on it well in Hartford, Connecticut, which I don't know if the creators have ever been to Hartford, but apparently in the future in Hartford, in Hartford, Connecticut, all the black people leave. So that's one thing that I thought was very strange about this.
0: Was there book. no, there's there's one black guy and he's committing spray paint vandalism.
2: Right. Not indicative of the large African-American population currently residing in Hartford. But this is the future, so maybe, who knows.
0: Well, Dan, that's because it's commonly known <laughs> that uh, black people do not like dimensional gateways. They just don't. I
2: mean... They also don't like magic. I'm Not to stereotype people, but holy shit, look up a YouTube video about black people and magic. It's, I can't tell if you're serious. Can we not get? Uh, no, I'm, like, I'm going to draw the line at this. This is where we stop the <coughs> okay, stereotypes. Okay, so namesake. <laughs> no, it's really funny. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, magical fires during, um, festival. A festival that's every held seven years. Every seven years, right? A
0: dimensional uh, gateway opens to a paradise. Maybe. Well, we know that physics are different.
2: Right, called We Ekti? don't know how,
0: yeah. Um, And so magical people go back and forth, and the ones, at least Earthside, just love setting fire to, to everything, everything in everything. celebration
2: that the gate is open. But these magical people come over and they put curses on the normies and then charge them money? to protect them from the curses that they put on This book was stupid. End.
3: (laughs) Stupid. I don't know what else to say, man. It was confusing. They changed the art direction, I'm pretty sure, halfway in because there was one fucking page where it was completely disgusting and then I turned it and it was sort of back to normal but not really. So I felt like I was having a really bad trip on drugs except I didn't do any. So I turned the page Mm -hmm. back again and it was shitty. And I was like, okay, I didn't do any drugs but that still doesn't explain the shitty page right in the middle of the fucking book.
2: Oh, <laughs> very well. Okay, here I, I'm looking through it again. The cop is black, so that's a thing. <laughs> oh right, um, cop is black. That's good. So, uh, about halfway through the book, the main character, the firefighter, gets a package. He thought his dads were dead, but apparently, two dads. His, his two dads, yeah. Um, apparently, his dads were not dead, or one of them is dead. There's, like, these two metal urns that he has to take to this other dimension, Ektai, and bury them, but lead or iron, whatever the fuck it is, I don't even remember now, is banned on in this place because it fucks with the magical, like, it's so weird. This was such a weird book, and, like, Matt, you fucking nailed it, man. They tried so hard to make this cool like there's there's a different like language that's put in here it it's almost like have either of you ever read a clockwork orange yeah no okay in the novel a clockwork clockwork orange anthony burgess created a slang language for alex and the drugs to speak and it was sort of based on russian and You know, it's if you've seen the movie or read the book, it's when he says things like, you know, viddy well little brothers instead of like um, instead of watch this or, you know, look at me viddy well, um, which is not a great example. But there's a ton of like slang language in there, but that was done well. This is like a slang language that because the words were completely made up, had no connection to anything. To help me understand them. It's supposed to be contextual. But it, what I I didn't feel that it did a good job of that. Right, like that's all right. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong there?
1: No, like, you're not. I wrong. know I
2: know what they were trying to do, but like, oh god, he says something here. I'm I'm flipping to the page now because he. When the main character is uh, looking for the portal, he's apparently... Nobody likes him on this planet for some fucking reason or whatever. I didn't really pay that much attention to it. Um, He's getting... um, He gets into a fight with these guys. Uh, He's trying to sneak through an underground part of the portal. And uh, they say, like... He says show at a few times. Like, I don't know
3: yeah there's some weird things in this book going on like I, mean, I don't, I, I, they don't
2: th- and there was much. no context right. for that like is I assume that's an insult but like I don't know if that insult is asshole or shit dick or like it's just it's just a new one it's just a new one but it but because I had nothing to compare it to or nothing to contextually help me understand it, it's just a word I don't understand.
0: Well, like, contextually, you should have been able to understand whenever someone said swiv.
2: Right. But I but I didn't. Like, swiv me, you're not even lying about it is the line that I'm currently looking at on a page.
0: Well, when he lights the guy's eyeballs on fire with magic and a lighter, he says, my swivving eyeballs. Right. So, like, fuck me, I guess, maybe? Yeah.
3: But, like, swivving doesn't sound, like, offensive at all, though. It kind of sounds
2: cool, like, I'd say that.
0: That's why this is still a teen rated
2: Ooh, edgy. Edgy. Um this was terrible. Man, like it was just terrible. The it just art... didn't come together.
0: Oh, the... there's another black guy. Oh
2: <laughs> there's like four.
0: The art was so okay.
2: is alright art.
0: Um This guy man, he's a firefighter. Just... What does he do? He commits three racially motivated violent <laughs> crimes. Yeah, yeah. He does
3: I see uh, the Which, firefighters there don't really uh, have much for background checks, do they or psyche no. valves.
0: <laughs> although they might well, I think they're still racially motivated, but he might be the same race, so I don't know mm. he might secretly be yeah, from I'm really the other sorry side. I
2: picked this book It's all right no I mean like reading the solicitation, this sounded cool, and there's definitely potential here if they weren't trying so damn hard to also, make are, it cool there are three
0: relationships depicted in this book mm-hmm. and they're all gay relationships
2: yeah yeah i know which is that. fine like, yeah
3: it's fine but it, it's like they were trying too hard
2: <laughs> yeah i mean but that that i that speaks to that point yeah like if every relationship you're going to show is a gay relationship well that's not realistic either you know, just right. like showing every relationship to be a straight relationship would not be realistic or indicative of us. like, it it just, uh, it. you're just like, okay, we get it. You're trying but too fucking hard.
0: Actually, the realism argument falls apart because he's sneaking into an interdimensional portal.
2: <laughs> you're right. In Very.
0: an all-white Hartford, Connecticut.
3: You, you know what? It's the Hartford, Connecticut. I've seen plenty of portals, but not in Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> Normally Don't in buy Florida, lots of Florida. This,
0: it might have been. And he's delivering a massive set of lead testicles.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's got <laughs> big fucking metal balls. This I mean, he can't
0: sneak up stupid. on anyone because his giant
2: lead balls will probably clang together. They just keep clanging and banging back and forth. Like, oh, man. I wanted to like this book. This is usually the type of thing where I would be like, fuck, yeah, I'm all in. But, man... This was, uh... Oof. Imagine you have lead balls week.
3: and they're just sw- swinging and they hit your grundle. Oh, Jesus.
0: Oh, oh that would we hurt. talk to Steve Orlando next week when he's on Paper
2: Cuts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd love to... Honestly, I'd love to talk to him about it. Like, I want to know what the fuck is going on. Like, where is your head at when you're coming up with this? <laughs> Were you on peyote? <laughs> Are you fucking just mainlining mescaline before you're fucking <laughs> doing this shit? Like... <laughs> Very, very possible. Ah, anyway, shit. so, I, I mean, I can see, though, like, this book isn't so bad that it will not find an audience. There is definitely, like, we've read shit where it's been like, okay, nobody, buy the, don't even look at this book. Namesake, there is definitely an audience for it, and it's a bunch of pretentious people that will... Tell me that I'm not smart enough to understand what was going on. It's above you. It's it's just just above you, you, bro. You understand? You understand, man? Like, just fucking try to like out bro me. I'll fucking get really mad about it. Don't bro me
3: if you don't know me.
2: (laughs) Don't bro me if you don't like words to live by. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fucking that's my mantra. (laughs) Is it? Is it really? I, I, for some reason, I think you're pulling my leg, Matthew.
3: He's, <laughs> he's tickling your Grundle. I think yeah, tickling. Um, <laughs>
2: oh. Grundle.
3: That's a fun <laughs> word.
2: Is that what that is? Anyway, so uh, yeah, namesake number one, don't buy it. Next book we're going to talk about, though, I am very curious to hear your opinions on this because I uh, um am not familiar with this character as far as the Batman universe is concerned because I've not been reading the... Uh, the current DC run uh, in Batman, and apparently this character is part of the Batman universe. We we're talking about Mother Panic, number one, written by Jody Houser with art by Tommy Lee Edwards. It is part of DC's Young Animal Mature Readers line.
3: Okay, yeah, I was gonna say, I was like, they're they're trying to redo Vertigo without calling it Vertigo. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Why don't they
3: just call it Vertigo? Because
2: <laughs> they own that. Yeah, and well, but Vertigo is like the place for weird shit, and like this Vertigo, is pretty fucking weird. It is, but it still takes place within the DC universe proper. So you're and saying that
3: nothing that takes place in the proper can be in Vertigo? Because I no. I could swear that isn't Sandman part of that
2: universe now. Uh, sort of. I mean, yes, but. But Batman is not cameoing in a Sandman book. Um, Hellblazer and Swamp Thing were Vertigo titles, but again, they were kind of on the very outskirts of the DC universe at that time, and they have been. They have now been integrated. Their Vertigo books ended, and they are now published under regular DC uh, branding and whatnot. But like. Um, Why the Last Man is not part of the DC Universe. Preacher is not part of the DC Universe. Uh, Transmetropolitan, um, Three, like the three seminal fucking Vertigo books. Nothing to do with the DC Universe. Whereas this one, I believe, is more mature stories. Sort of like what Marvel Max did. Um, stories where you can say fucking shit. And show boobs if you want to, or show peen if you're interested. And say, fuck Batman. And say, fuck Batman. Or fuck the bat, I think she says in it. But it's still part of the overall canon of the universe. I believe that's what we're going for here. Um, but anyway, so this book is about the character Mother Panic. Um, she is apparently coming back from rehab or some such shit. And uh, she's Might apparently have been some kind of massive surgery. Maybe is that what it because
0: was? Because somebody said, "What's up with your face?" Okay, and then she has those giant scars on her arm that you What's see. What's up with your yeah. fucking
2: face? How about that? That's what I've been asking myself for a long time. <laughs> oh man, it's a lovely face, Matthew. Aw, you, you guys, don't, don't you, don't you dare disparage yourself, ever, ever. You're a Buck perfect ten. Um, you are perfect. You are glorious. Now nah, you're blowing smoke. Um, no, I never. Anyway, um, so she, uh, she comes back and she goes to this big uh, gala event. There's a bunch of movers and shakers, uh, that are there, and there's a very rich man, and he goes to show his bodyguard. Like it appears, it appears that there is a panel, um, where. The bodyguard and the rich, wealthy man are making out. They are at least canoodling a little bit outside of this room. And uh rich, wealthy man takes his bodyguard and shows him this piece of art. And bodyguard freaks out. And we're not shown what it is. So we then see the rest of this party... uh we get some backstory on Mother Panic, and she goes and orders like some really highfalutin-sounding fucking whiskey. Uh, some dude like comes to talk to her. Like I, I don't know enough of the backstory to know if any what any of this meant. Um, but she's looking for this guy now. She's looking for this this bodyguard as well. I'm not sure why she's looking for him. Where's Francis? <laughs> like it here's here's the weird thing all right so i'm going to jump right to the end this piece of art that that this guy has is um is made with the it's like a painting but it's a painting done in blood of murder victims and apparently they're young kids so that's really fucked up and mother panic is on the is trying to find this bodyguard who saw this piece of artwork. But I don't understand, I didn't understand in the story where she would have found out that this bodyguard knew anything at all about this piece of art.
3: Yeah, uh I, I think there's Right, like some, does that make any sense? No, I, I I get what you mean. I think there are some um some inconsistencies with the book but I, I think DC's trying to catch a fire that maybe they didn't necessarily need again. Like they wanna it seems like they're reinvigorating this edgy thing but as you said this isn't the vertical brand that they're doing it with where it's just weird they're trying to do it with like a dark dc vibe to it instead of because they i what they're trying to go for is it seems like there's only so far you could go with the heroes that you know so they're gonna do it with the heroes that you don't did they need to do this probably not i think people were happy with just more batman but (laughs) all right sure if you want to fucking throw in this crazy thing with a mascot head on. Fuck it, go nuts, man. Whatever. I mean again, I think it was inconsistent. I didn't think it was terrible though.
2: No, I didn't I didn't think it was terrible. I just the the timeline really, really has me confused of of if she was going here to to talk to this bodyguard for a reason other than the artwork. Um, like man, I just uh, fuck. It's it's just really weird. It, the story, like it just, it really didn't flow very well for me. Um, I thought the art was really good, but I like Tommy Lee Edwards' art. Um, you know, if you, if you know who Tommy Lee Edwards is, it's very consistent with what he's done in the past. The Mother Panic character looks cool. Um, I always really like the uh, like the Moon Knight the the current Moon Knight style. Where it's just this very stark white, um, you know, highlighted white character amidst all these darker colors. I, l- I like the way the book looks. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would recommend this book, though. Okay, like, I, I'm, I mean, I wasn't I'm sort of future. curious to see where it goes. But I don't... Like, I'm curious now because I just read it today. Tomorrow... I don't know if I'm going to care.
3: That's fair. I mean, I don't particularly think I'm going to pick another copy up. I think that people may be looking for something edgier and grittier might like this. But it wasn't something I needed, and I'm pretty sure the mass of people out there that read DC don't need this book. Whether they want it or not, that's going to vary on each person. But I think there's probably going to be more people out there that don't like that are going to look at this and be like, Huh. Another Batman-related book. Yeah.
2: All right. What did <laughs> so, you think, Matt? It
0: looks like I'm just looking at it again because you have to look at it about four times just to know what the fuck's yeah,
2: going the, on. Yeah, the art was So you were a little not a messy. fan of Tommy Lee Edwards' artwork? Um, the art is okay. But it was purposeful. He's not going to—
3: You know, it wasn't like he was doing—it was- wasn't like he was a bad artist. He was doing it because that's his style.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. not gonna rock it to the top of my charts with this book, but mm-hmm. it's all right. Are you right. sure? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. I shouldn't say that. He's a big fan of the show, mm-hmm. and he so also has a rocket. I'm, if I'm reading this right, I think the mother <laughs> panic only takes the what do we? The kid, the the guy who saw the art. Dominic, she only yeah, takes the bodyguard. Them. Oh, is he the? The oh cuz the old guy's not, right? Okay. Right. So she only takes him because that posse suddenly tries to kill him. She just knows he's affiliated with the old man. She doesn't even know how. Is, is
2: takes that him. what it was? Because yeah, like she just, but there's the scene with her at the bar where she is like, "Fuck, where is he?"
3: See the fact that we have to discuss this means well, that she's the book was for the old man. Well, enough.
0: Yeah. She's looking the old guy, not the bodyguard. Okay. And he's off with Dominic, so that's why she can't find him. And then suddenly they're trying to kill him. She says, well, I obviously need him. He's done something. Okay. And that's the only reason she saves him, because she can't be heroic. She has to be, like, anti-heroic. So. Right.
2: So punch him in the face. Okay. Right. So that, that was my failing to understand that. And that ben.
0: same group is what tells Gala that the wrong person has seen the art, because now they know, and then they they know, that, of course, that Mother Panic has him, and um, ultimately I think the artist and Mother
2: Panic will be at odds. Well, like, yeah, like I don't know. But it's, it's too just...
0: hard to figure out.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at the panel now, and Mother Panic in her civilian identity is drinking at the bar. She's looking around, but she's looking. She's looking right at like if do you have the book open, Matt? Yeah, I think it's page thirteen. Okay, on, on page thirteen, where she says, "Where the fuck is he?" That panel that's right in the middle. Oh, okay. She, if you look to the right, the old man is right there.
0: Well,
2: okay. Yeah, so she she's did looking say, at gotta, him. She did say got to get the bodyguard. Right. So oh, get the because... bodyguard. So is she just coincidentally trying to get this particular bodyguard out of the cadre of bodyguards that he has?
0: This is wo- where I'm confused. The old guy that she's looking right at on
2: page 13, is that Hemsley? Yeah, because the very next panel yeah, after she runs away is that same background scene of like the weird sculpture things. But so now he's-
0: she's she's only looking for him then because he is now not protected by his own bodyguard. So she says, well, now something's fucked because he's supposed to be on him and now he's not.
3: Uh, okay, okay, fellas, uh, <laughs> let, let's, like uh, let, let's put let's yeah. put a pin in this because I don't think we're, we're we're going in circles now. But
0: it's too hard to figure out. It's it's not a good. Sorry, no, 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 it's, it's, it's
3: okay. I, I I appreciate you no, trying I'm, I'm, to make sense of it. It's just that I'm
0: just saying, like in general. Sorry, not good. Oh yeah, well you know it is.
3: What yeah, you, you failed. It's not your fault. So you didn't no. write
2: the book, Mother Panic number one, passed from all three of yeah, us. That's an or, yeah, it's an Yeah. If you, if you want a head scratcher. <laughs> or maybe, I like, fucking pick up the book, uh, tweet us, email us, tell us what the fuck happened, go on Facebook, fucking let us know, geekgate.com fucking comment on a different article that has nothing to do with the Paper Cuts podcast. Like, just do it on fucking, I don't know, go back and comment on some shit we wrote six months ago and just be like, fucking mother panic, what the assholes, and so on. So that
3: home automation is really great, but what about that Mother Panic?
2: You know, there's some new music releases coming out, and speaking of new releases, Mother Panic number one came out this week. What the fuck, huh? Just saying. Halloween put me in a panic. Speaking of panic, how about Mother Panic? (laughs) How about a Mother Panic? Anyway, um, last book of the week, Invincible Iron Man number one. This is the book that All the kids have been talking about It's all the rage. It's all I hear about when I walk through the mall and through the city streets with the young African-American woman taking over the role of Iron Man. Riri Williams. Yeah, Riri Williams. She is Iron Heart is what she's going to be called. But the book is still Invincible Iron Man. So what we get is the story. Of Riri, Riri I know, that's, Williams, that's tough to say. They are R and W, not a good choice. R- 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 like I just I fucking stumble over it over it every time. Uh, written by Bendis, art by Stefano Caselli. Um, certainly the best looking book of the week. I thought uh, I love Stefano Caselli's artwork. It's really, really good. Really, really good, good superhero artwork. Um, we get the backstory of Miss Williams. She is a super genius, uh, like Tony Stark level kind of genius. And her parents are kind of freaked out about that. They don't know what to do. uh, And the child psychologist or doctor that they're talking to, you know, says the your one job as parents is to make sure that she lives her life. That unlike some other geniuses, she doesn't become just a recluse inside of her own mind because the rest of the world is not stimulating enough for her um and then we jump to her in a fucking iron man costume uh in wyoming just in the middle of a fight and she's like she's uh she's taking down animax who is just a ridiculous character uh you know and she's going through her her trials and tribulations of her first day of superheroing and saying you know i've got this big suit and i need i need an ai and man does she say that enough times to where if you didn't know what was coming because this had been spoiled months ago at this point um if you didn't know what was coming boy did they hint strongly that she was going to get an AI by the end of this uh by the Do end of this so? fucking issue
0: I did not know You didn't know I did not know Really and I unfortunately can't avoid some spoilers so mm. I don't know but hey it, it's all right it wasn't
2: spoiled that's fine I think this was, I think like Newsweek ran this story or something. Like, because Marvel no, I does read that, that every, rag, <laughs> that that fucking pile of shit. Um, Marvel will like they when they spoil their own stories, they usually give it to like a a bigger news publication. Um, something nobody reads. They give it to like Time Life magazine. Oh, that jizz like rag. New- <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> you know. I was wondering if I could put into words how I felt about Time Magazine and (laughs) Red. I feel, may not be exactly it, but may be pretty close. Um, Why do you call it that? There's nothing arousing in Time. (laughs) You are reading the wrong issues of Time, my friend. I got some choice back issues. I'll send them your way. Uh, Please do. So, Miss Williams uh, is in her Iron Man suit. She is fighting uh, this fucking Animax character. It is interspersed with her growing up in Chicago. Uh, like we get it fifteen years, then ten years, then five years, and we see her at various stages of development, like in interacting with her, her mom and her stepdad, and uh she gets a friend, a girl, a little girl is just riding by on a bike and she stops because Riri is in the uh garage building some shit and uh she just thinks it's cool. So they stop and they start talking. And, uh, like, she gets a friend, which is awesome. You know, like, it, it's she gets a friend. That's great. Her friend, Natalie. And then we got, get back to some fighting some more with Animax. And the fight scene's really cool. She's fighting. Animax can make these really big uh, monsters out of her own DNA. Like, she just creates monsters. That's her thing. And then we go to Marquette Park in Chicago, uh, two years previous to what's happening now. And I believe I don't I fucking I should have looked this up. And if one of you can look this up while I'm saying it, so I don't sound like a complete asshole if I'm wrong. What's that? But if you can look up where Marquette Park is, I believe Marquette Park is on the south South side.
3: side. South side. probably for for what they're describing most. Right. Likely.
2: Well, because if anybody doesn't know, Chicago. Yeah. Is. Is one of the most wonderful cities on the planet. It really is. If you've never been to Chicago, I highly like stepping outside the role of like a, just a reviewer for a minute. Um, it, Chicago is an amazing place. Yeah, By unfortunately, it's just
3: polarizing. There's two but very different
2: parts. There are two very, very different Chicagos. And the north side of Chicago, so everything above the Magnificent Mile and up, so Lincoln Park and Wrigleyville and all of that stuff, is just amazing. It is what I imagine New York was like uh, the ideal that people have of New York City is what the north side of Chicago is. The south side of Chicago currently is a, a, a fucking war zone. Like there was a documentary that came out called Chirac, and that's not too far off from from what it's like. The amount of violence in the south side of Chicago is insanity. So we get this scene here in uh in Marquette Park in and uh there's a little bit of a fight because her stepdad is being um super annoying and you know continuing to try and tell her that it's a beautiful day and all that good stuff. And uh as they are here at this outdoor barbecue, uh there is a drive-by shooting. And not only does Riri's stepfather get killed as he is trying to save uh, his stepdaughter and her friend Natalie, but Natalie gets killed as well. And that seems to be the impetus to st- to start her on her superhero journey. And, um, you know, it's a very emotional scene. I thought it was drawn beautifully for how yeah. tragic it was. It fucking hit you right right in the feels man like and that's such a shitty way to say that but like really a soul punching kind of couple of panels i mean just beautifully done we then jump back to um her fighting animax uh animax was taken down by the champions she watches some youtube footage of it figures it out defeats animax saves the day the cops show up and uh shoot her in the fucking head of her Iron Man suit. Super- that was nuts. That was, but, like, it would happen. I mean, it's... In Cheyenne? <laughs> well, maybe not in Cheyenne, Wyoming. I don't know. In, ch- in Chicago? In Chicago, yeah, but in Wyoming... Not in
0: Cheyenne, Wyoming. Well, well, well I don't know. Hey. I've only been there once, so I don't know.
2: Really? That no, is one been more Wyoming? time than me, Matt. Yeah, right. That's one more time than I'll ever be, but... There were anyway.
0: no dragons and no... <laughs> Armored black women got shot in the head, so it was pretty good.
2: Yeah, well, overall, it was a good trip. Good trip. Shockingly good,
0: good sushi restaurant. Really, I mean,
2: you wouldn't expect that. Well, anyway. All right. So the anyway. thing
3: about Cinemax and all that getting canceled and everything. So, go on.
2: So, uh, so she uh, she takes the gun um, from the cop, crushes it, goes out, is talking to her to her mom in the garage uh, about her first day superheroing and a. A shady-looking man in a shoot, in a in a suit shows up. Yeah, he air dropped right. in. Yeah, uh, he drops off a package with a big button that says "Press me," uh, she or "Push me." She pushes uh, the button, and the the AI construct, the downloaded consciousness of Tony Stark, who is now dead in the Marvel universe. The physical form of Tony Stark is gone. The mental projection of his fabulous self, as he says, is here and is going to be the AI that will power her suit. So very much like Jarvis or Friday, Tony Stark is going to be the artificial intelligence until he is brought back to life in the comic books in, say, about a year and a half when Infinity War comes out in the theaters.
0: Man, that... When he when Bold he died prediction. in the end of Civil War two, that was... No, oh, wait, that hasn't fucking come out yet. Yeah, yeah. Marvel likes so, doing that uh,
3: lately. They're just like, well, we didn't finish the book, but fuck it. I guess this can be a little bit of a spoiler. It's not a little oh bit of a God. spoiler. It's a
0: big one. Massive. Huge They've spoiler. been tiptoeing around it in all the other books. But yeah. man, this one... Yeah, by the way, I'm dead. I'm going to hang out in your suit. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty
2: much. Um, But this was great. I, this this was a great number one issue.
0: It, I agree very much with one reservation. What's that? I understand that it set her on the path. But her friend and her stepdad really didn't have to die. It's kind of just a trite cliche that you're uh-huh. motivated into superheroing um, uh, by the death of your parents. Like, that's out well that's sort of no that's not how Tony Stark that's a little bit how Tony Stark did it Miles Morales lost his parents then got them back and then uh, all kinds of people Peter Parker everybody loses their parents and becomes a superhero she's a reclusive genius on the verge of puberty I mean she could just become further withdrawn naturally and then be motivated into superheroing because there's nothing else to do you could have done something slightly different with the character
2: Yes. I would I would agree with that entirely. Um it, it it does follow the traditional trite, if you will, um concept of what creates a superhero. I did just look it up. Uh Marquette Park is on the southwest side of Chicago, so um Yeah. Uh, but it's good. It's other than really that, good. artwork was gorgeous. Bendis' is writing I am a big fan, always have been. Um, I, he doesn't write bad comic books. He doesn't always write great comic books, but he doesn't write bad comics. Yeah. Um. Dean, will you be picking up the next issue of this? Because it definitely sounds like Matt and I will be. good i don't know i'm not
3: a huge marvel guy nor am i i guess a uh an iron man guy like i, I like the character i like robert downey jr i don't know if i really like tony <laughs> stark as a comic book character because uh he's they they play the dickishness up a lot uh and now it's a new person and i didn't get enough of her character out of it i guess i don't know um I'm going to go with a solid maybe. I would say that I'm sure many Marvel fans and Iron Man fans will probably enjoy this. And it's a passing of the tor- torch. It was bound to happen. Tony Stark hasn't died yet, I think. So, right. yeah, it-, it was time. Let him die, come back, you know, do all that shit. So, I, I don't think it was bad. It wasn't my cup of tea. I probably will not get it. But for Marvel fans out there, I'm sure it is a fantastic pickup for you guys.
2: All well, right. there you go. And that's... That's pretty damn honest, and I think he hit on a really interesting um, question of, do we like Iron Man now? Because Iron Man, for years, was a C-level book at best. I mean, like, they published it, and some people bought it, and it had some great storylines, like the Demon in a Bottle storyline, or Armor Wars, but for the most part, month to month, Iron Man was not at the top of the comics, you know, pull list and then robert downey jr happened and iron man has seen an incredible surge in popularity and um uh, just saturation throughout the marvel universe but is that because we all realize that iron man was actually a cool character has the book gotten that much better or do we really just like Robert Downey Jr.?
3: No, I, I really think it's because we all it, like Robert Downey Jr. and Marvel was like, shit, we need to make him more like Robert Downey Jr. Make him quippier, make him drink more, and and make him make him funnier. Make him a lot funnier, damn it.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh even since the movie, the Iron Man series have been up and down. It's you can't change the writing, but I, I
3: think he is definitely more like uh um uh the the character from the movies rather than you know the uh the one of old i don't i don't think there's a a large difference but i i think it's it's noticeable
2: i i agree with that entirely like 100 percent um so i mean two solid yeses and maybe from dean i mean if you're a marvel fan pick it up It, it it is going to be interesting to see where this book goes because again like all the other Marvel stuff that we've talked about, it seems recently, th- the toys will be put back in the toy box so that they can be reset for the movie universe. Like, that, that is a thing that will happen. It is without question. There will not be... Robert Downey, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. will not be in comic book form as an artificial intelligence only by the time the next Avengers movie comes out. Simply will not happen.
0: So, unless they go that direction because he doesn't want to do it anymore.
2: That is right? true.
3: Yeah, he I think his his time was coming up.
2: Oh yeah, with like I I do expect Iron Man to be a big death in the Avengers Infinity War movie. Um I think that will probably if I had to guess at this point, that will be how part 1 ends. Will end with the death of Iron Man. Um I could be way wrong on that, but that's Well
0: Infinity War is just one movie now.
2: Right. Well then whatever the second one is going to be now. Um I don't know. That'll be interesting in a conversation for another <laughs> time, but I think that's gonna uh that's gonna wrap it up. Do we have anything else to say about these books?
3: Uh I want more WWE comic books.
2: <laughs> You'll get them. I, I will uh I will lend you my copy of WCW number four. Love it. <laughs> It's fucking beach body sting, too. Like, it's blonde oh, surfer no, sting I don't with want the fucking...
3: No, I, I want the crow <laughs> sting. That's my favorite sting. <laughs> it's fucking That's everyone's like pink, favorite sting. Who pink pants
2: with a blue scorpion on them?
3: Yeah. Like, oh, God.
2: Boy. The 90s was a crazy th- time. Why did we think that was cool? Like, Sting, you are a grown fucking man with a rat tail. That is not a good look. Never has been. Never fucking will be. Anyway, announcer guy. Tell them a couple things.
1: Thank you, Dan! Attention listeners, did you know the Geekade crew are real people you can get in touch with? Did you also know you can keep track of what comes out on the fabulous Geekade website without even visiting it? Did you know that Dean irons his vest every hour on the hour to be prepared for anything? Wait, really? Well, you can keep in touch with Geekade by following them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and more. If that's not enough, you can also send them an email at mail at Be sure to check out the show notes to get all the links and more information on today's episode. Back to you, Dan!
2: Thanks again, announcer guy. And once again, thank you for listening to the Paper Cuts podcast. We really do appreciate it. If you want to get a hold of any of us, you can always send us an email, mail at geekade.com. Tell us what the fuck happened in Mother Panic. Like, I, I still don't know. If you want to talk to any of us individually, you can follow us on various forms of social media. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram. I am at Dan. You can follow Matt at geekadematt. And you can follow Dean at Kimono underscore Vestlord. Join us again next week when we have a whole new slate of books to talk about. Until that time, for Matt Much, Dean DeFalco, Evan Goldstein, and Dan Ryan. I am Dan Ryan.
3: Yo soy Dan Ryan. <laughs>